The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Forever Young Cast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined once again by Miss Jupiter Julep. Hello. Hola, Miss. How are you? Very well, thanks. And you guys? I'm good. Glad to for you to be joining me once again on the Forever Young Cast. Indeed. We're joined by our co-host, Miss Madam Lizette. How you doing, Miss Madam Lizette? I'm good. How are y'all doing? We're excellent. And Yay. we're all joined <laughs> by a very special guest <laughs> at What's Sleep Though, Miss V. How you doing, Miss V? Hey. I'm good. I would have been better until my friend just told me I have to go into work tomorrow. So now I'm kind of <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had Columbus Day off, but I don't. Boo. They tack it on to the Christmas holiday. That's some BS. I'm I'm upset, but happy to be here. Oh, yay. Happy to have you. Most definitely. Thank you for joining us here on the Forever Young Cast. You can find the Forever Young Cast on the web at CSPN.us. So ladies, we're embarking on to the second round of this year's May Young Classic. So it's been a very fun and interesting tournament so far. So now we're going to see who's going to be the first four contestants to advance to the quarterfinals. First up, we have Tony Storm versus Hirio Matsumoto. Matsumoto hits the rock drop 4-2. Tony cradles Matsumoto 4-2 count of her own. Matsumoto hits a clothesline, and that gets a near fall. Matsumoto then hits two more clotheslines, and she hangs on and looks for a third, and that's when Tony Storm counters into a bridging cradle, and Tony Storm gets the win. So, Miss Madam Lizette, I'll let you start off this week with your analysis of Tony Storm's victory as she moves on to the quarterfinals. So, Don, I hate to, like, you know, not be so nice to your girl, but I really did not like her in this match. I thought <laughs> that she was, like, really forgettable. Okay. Uh, I feel like Matsumoto put on a show and Tony was just kind of a part of it. I don't know. It just for someone who this is her second year in the Mayan Classic and first the person who's probably gonna be like the premier female wrestler for the UK brand for NXT, I expect more out of her, and I'm just not getting that in these matches. And this was one of those matches where I was like, Oh, you could have lost, and I'd have been perfectly okay with that. Um, cause I just like Matsumoto put on a better show. She out wrestled her through most of the match and Tony just kind of got by and made it at the end and got the pin and it was worth it. But it was just like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. It, she just wasn't, she wasn't doing it for me. So that's how I felt about the match. I feel like Matsumoto was amazing and I really want to see more of her. And I like, you know, her strong style. I like her being, you know, the destroyer and everything. I think that her character is great. I think she wrestled a really good match. I think Tony was forgettable and Tony got the win. And I think that's just because she is the one who is signed to WWE and she is the one who's going to be the, you know, WWE UK brand for NXT and everything. So that's how I feel about that whole thing. <laughs> All right. Miss V, I'm going to bring you in and get your analysis. I know this is your first time watching uh, Matsumoto wrestle. Uh, I know you're familiar with Tony Storm for last year. So what was your impressions on the loser, Miss Matsumoto? I was more excited to see her than to see um, Storm. Um, she just has more charisma. And I just feel like is it, it's Tony Storm. Um, I just feel like she was boring. And she's extremely bland. And like, if I wouldn't have, if just coming in blind, I would have never guessed that that was the route WWE was going to go with you know making them the face of you know a brand in the UK because she just she's just kind of there whereas like Matsumoto when she came out she I mean she kind of has an Oscar vibe but um like even with the the way her her gear looks mm -hmm. but she's just she has more charisma 
and she was more entertaining to watch. And I think she actually, she wrestled a better match. Like um, I would have, I'd pay to see her more so than I would pay to go see, you know, Tony Storm. I just feel like she, she had more to offer um, and I enjoyed her more. And I'll be honest, I was, in, I, I started the match and then I was bored by Storm, so I fast-forwarded through it a little bit because I was like, <laughs> this is not, I was like, this is what they're leading off with? Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, one girl's give. I'm like, one girl's killing and the other girl's just kind of there. So I was like, let me just fast-forward. And then I fast-forwarded too far and I saw that she won and I was like, wait a second, let me go back because this is not where I thought this was going to go. But I guess knowing that, you know, one is signed to the company and the other one isn't, I'm like, okay, that makes sense, but I feel like they got that one backwards and there should be uh, I, I feel like Matsumoto was the better one in that match. All right, Miss Jupiter Julep, I'll bring you in and let you get the final word on our opening match between Tony Storm and the hero Matsumoto. You know, I love this, right? Because uh, I know Tony Storm is your girl and I warned you that when Miss V joined Madame Lizette and I that we would form our own brand of the shield. <laughs> And we just are about to Voltron, like the Hell of Justice, or Tony Storm. So, I mean, there's a few things I want to say. Um, the first thing is that uh, for you, Miss V, if you have an opportunity to go back and take a look at Jenny Couture, Miss Jenny. Okay. Uh, she is the person I think they should be building the NXT brand around. Yeah. Much stronger character, much stronger personality. By the way, she calls herself Jenny Couture because she has fantastic ring gear. Uh, she was something that Tony Storm is lacking. Uh, I will also say, I, I mean, all of the notes that I wrote down were about Hiroyo. Now, I mean, the first thing I thought was like, okay, she is Lady Godzilla, and why isn't her music more like Samoa? Yes. Yo, you said that last week on the episode, and so this week I kind of paid attention to what the music was going with. Yeah. And I was like, wow, Jupiter Julep was right. This music is awful. You know, and she's like, yo, I'm here. And, you know, she speaks very, uh, you know, severely and I thought oh she should totally read Tony Storm a bedtime story like yes I'm going to destroy you I'm going to destroy your legacy all of those things that uh, Samoa Joe did to AJ Styles I just thought yeah. why isn't she doesn't have an opportunity to do this and I loved her red coat I wrote down that the Miz is jealous of her yeah. coat <laughs> finally uh, kind of circling back to what you said Madam Lizette I wrote down that Tony Storm didn't beat Matsumoto Matsumoto beat Matsumoto because she got distracted. Yeah. She was she was beating yeah. her up in the last sequences, and then she was like, "Oh shucks!" And she was feeling herself for a minute, and then Tony Storm was able to pull out a victory. And then, of course, she had that very shocked look on her face. Uh, it was a well scouted match because they did say in the opening segment that they had wrestled each other over the world. All right. over the world, so they were familiar with each other's style. But at the end, I would if we're going to go with the storyline. The storytelling they told in the ring, Tony Storm could not beat her on anything else but her smarts and opportunity. Right, I agree with that. I agree with that. And, and her music is trash, by the way. I agree. Right, and so, something else to add on to that, Jupiter Julep. Like the fact that they wrestled each other before, I expected them yeah. to like, I for the, it to be more even playing field and that's just not what we got out of that like it really looked like Matsumoto was running circles around Tony and Tony just found her opening and took it mm-hmm. and that I'm just like girl you can't be out here you know trying to be champion eventually and you know starting this whole brand because you know Kevin or not Kevin Michael Cole kept saying that like she signs her UK brand and mm-hmm. you know she's she's gonna be great on the UK brand da, 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 all of that and I'm like, well, if that's the case, y'all trying to put this over, but I'm not looking forward to seeing her on the UK brand. There are about four or five other girls y'all yeah. got in front of me at this point that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see her on the UK brand. Right. Blonde is not enough. Yeah. <laughs> Blonde and skinny is not enough. And I like, yeah, because Michael Cole kept saying that and I was like, okay, she's the face of the UK brand, but why do I care about Matsumoto more? Like, right. I don't care about this girl. Like, she is providing me nothing that's making me want to watch her. I'm like, her ring gear is, like, I'm like, she's supposed to be the face of your company, and she has basic bitch, like, ring gear. Like, there's nothing exciting oh, about it. Wait, wait, wait. Can I ask you? I'm sorry. 
Can I ask you a question about her ring gear, Miss V? Yeah. If I told you that she's supposed to be the rock star, what would you respond to that seeing her ring gear? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get that at all. Like, okay. okay, so because she has half black, half white, and a red heart on her, is that was, was that a heart on the back of her pants? Or her I don't shorts? know. I didn't look like, at a boot. Yeah, I I wouldn't get rock star from that at all. Like there was nothing. Alexa Bliss has more of a rock star if you're gonna go with that <laughs> look than Tony Storm does. Like I don't get that at all. Like there's no okay. rock about it. Is that what she's supposed to be? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't really do a very good job with that because I like I'm shocked by that. I would never guess that that's what her gimmick was at all. Like mm-hmm. and and I'm not saying she has to be like the Ripley girl from the next match who was like super hardcore rock chick, but like there's no, like there's nothing rock star about her. Like she doesn't even like and there's more than one type of rock chick there can be. Like there can be that hardcore goth rock girl like Paige and and um Ruby Riot or whatnot. Like, yeah, you can go to that end. You can be like the Ripley girl from the next match who is like in leather and like has like the really hardcore music. That's metal. Also, yeah, that's metal. But then there's also mm-hmm. like Gwen Stefani or somebody like that's another type of rock chick. She didn't even like go there. Like she didn't. She's nowhere. Like she's like a. She looks like a cheerleader who's trying to be hardcore. She looks like and a you're just like, player. Yeah, like there's nothing. There's nothing rock about her at all. I would have never guessed that. And hair metal because it's supposed to be Motley Crue. Nope. Okay, she's supposed to be Motley Crue. How the hell does Dolph Ziggler pull that off better than she does? And she's supposed to be like, she's like, said at least, I mean, but seriously, Christ. like, she—if that's what the look that she was going for, her gear should have been Dolph Ziggler, the female version. Like, it should have been exactly what he's been trying to do. Wait, that Dolph Ziggler has women's clothes. Like, she could just take Dolph Ziggler. She literally clothes. could just take his gear. Yeah. Especially like he when he used to wear the white shorts back at like she literally could just do a rehash of his gear and that would make more sense than what she had on. And I don't know why, but the entire time that I was watching, like I kept thinking um, Alice in Wonderland. I was not thinking rock, and I don't know if it's because like the black and white and like the oh, heart that I thought was on the back of the that. shorts. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking Alice in Wonderland. I would have never guessed rock. Never would have guessed that. Well, I kind of like the Queen of Hearts idea. We should go for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That's better. <laughs> That's a lot better. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, Natalia would have some gimmick infringement reporting to Probably, go on that. But you know, but it's a do. different kind of heart, though. Like, yeah, yeah smell it different and stuff. It's, it's H A R T, not H A R T. Well done. There was that. <laughs> yeah. So we don't like your girl there, Don. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, Don. Yes. You want to defend her? I thought that Tony Storm had some really slick wrestling in the beginning of that match when they started off and they were kind of filling each other out. She was doing some really strong mat wrestling and some, you know, counters and things like that. Yes, Matsumoto did have the flashier moves and the stronger effective moves, but I thought that for the story that they told that Tony Storm did what she was supposed to do. She took a beating and still uh, persevered and found an opening and got a win. So Okay. One, one positive <laughs> point for Tony Storm. Before we move on to Rhea Ripley versus Casey Contazaro. Casey hits a tornillo plancha on the outside and back in the ring, Casey hits drop kicks, clothesline, and then she slips on a springboard missile drop kick attempt. Casey fights through that, and eventually she does hit the springboard missile drop kick, and then a splash for a two count. Rhea cuts uh, Casey off and finishes her with the Riptide Powerbomb. So Rhea Ripley continues her march in this year's uh, May Young Classic. She's moving on to the second round. So Miss Jupiter Julep, I'll let you start this round of conversations. I thought that Casey Contazaro showed out in had an excellent performance in the loss but I know that you're a really big fan of Rhea Ripley so in your estimation how did she perform in this particular match I thought that she showed that she's a ring general 
I think that during the commentary, they made it very clear to remind us that Casey Calzano, I think that's how you pronounce the name, uh, is very new to wrestling. And uh, I like that even though Casey had that slip, Rhea Ripley came over and kind of like hit her a little bit so that she took advantage of it, but allowed her to get her momentum back so that Casey can go back on a rope and do the spot. So it wasn't like, oh, shoot, what do I do at all? And I think that speaks to her development from last year, where I do believe she forgot to kick out, um, or at least that's what the rumor was. Uh, Other than that, like Ms. V said, I do continue to like her look. I think that she's one of the ones where she had a character, a look, and music that matched. So she was a total package. I also thought that, uh, also did Rhea Ripley... Uh, it looks it's better than most of the competitors, all right. Um, and they also said that Rhea Ripley and uh, Rena, whom Casey beat to meet Rhea Ripley in round two, are best friends. And that they, allegedly they had a conversation going to see how Mighty Mouse could be beaten. Uh, I will say this about Casey. She had a lot of energy because she is so compact. Um, she did a lot of flippy I think the the vets call it flippy shit and a lot of movement <laughs> that uh, to make up the space and it can be distracting at times because like, what is she doing? But I also think that it gives her space to be innovative in the future. So I did enjoy the match. I do believe that it was the right decision for Ripley to go over. I do think that Ripley will probably lose in the next round. I don't think she's going to make it to the final four, but uh, happy to see her development and to see more. And also, I thought Casey did a good job. And if she really is invested in wrestling, I think that in a year or two, uh, she's going to put together a program that's going to be um, for the books. All right. Madam Lizette, we'll bring you in for your analysis on Casey Cantazaro versus Rhea Ripley. So I thought that Casey did a good job and Rhea did a really good job of putting Casey over. Um, Kind of in the same vein of what Jupiter said, Rhea is becoming a ring general. So she's helping, she was helping and guiding Casey along. Like even with the botch, she let Casey get back up there and do it again so they could still have that spot. And I feel like that's really important. And also give Casey credit for the fact that like she had the botch on the, on the um, ropes and still was like, well, I'm going to do this. She didn't mm-hmm. get deflated. Her energy still stayed up. She kept going. And she hit the move beautifully, even in that way. So, oh, the match was really good. Um, I felt like Casey did what she was supposed to do as far as, like, being the smaller flyer type character. She really showed off, like, her gymnastic moves and things like that on the ropes, which I thought was really cool. Um, and just kind of letting Rhea guide her throughout the ring um and then Rhea being that heel and even she wouldn't shake her hand at the beginning of the match she shaked her hand at the end of the match and still told her to get out in the ring like she was like I'm gonna give you your props but you need to go because this is my time this is my moment so she was still healing it up and I really appreciate that Rhea at this point is probably my favorite for of the younger competitors who've only been wrestling you know for a couple of years um, she's a lot better and a lot more confident than she was last year. And her just the look on her face, the things that she says in the ring, her body language, she's all in and she's invested in her character and invested in being who she's gonna be. So I thought that they did a good job. I thought the match was good. I enjoyed it. And I if Casey is going to continue to wrestle, I kinda wanna see more of her. She's just so compact. I don't know how they're gonna continue to work that in but the fact that they put her up against bigger girls for her first two rounds lets me know that like WWE is not gonna keep her in these small packages where she's gonna just continue to rest people like a Bailey or a Sasha who are a little bit taller than her but not so much all right Miss V we'll bring you in for your analysis um Rhea Ripley versus Casey Contazaro I know this is your first time watching Casey Contazaro perform uh what were some of your impressions of her so I I enjoyed the match. Um, I think Rita is probably at, from this episode. She's probably one of my favorites um, from the entire episode. And like the other girls were saying, you can definitely tell that she um, she kind of kind of took control of this match and she made sure that they hit all the spots that they needed to hit. Um, one of the things that I am a little bit concerned with with Casey is that it's great that she does all this high flying flips and stuff, but 
her moves land so soft that they don't look like they're doing any kind of damage to anybody. Like, even, like, when she gets up and, you know, is doing all the stuff on the ropes and she's, like, you know, flipping people across the ring, it you can totally tell that Rita is throwing herself across the ring. Like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't come across um, very... It doesn't come across like she's doing any damage. So um, I would like to see her wrestle somebody closer to her size to see if, you know, this these moves actually look, um, you know, better with somebody that's smaller or the same size as her. And then maybe eventually when she gets better and she has some more experience and she's able to you know, people are able to understand what she's doing and sell her moves a little bit better. Um, it might be more entertaining to watch her, but she's doing stuff that nobody else is, is doing. Like, there's no other girls in the ring right now who are doing some of those moves. Like, I've never seen some of that stuff from, from some of the female competitors before. So, mm-hmm. so that's exciting to see. I do hope also her ring gear is really, really, really not good. So I hope that they, and neither is her music. They gave her really like build a player ring gear and music. So I hope that they, they do something more with that. But um, I did enjoy the match and I, I enjoy what she's doing. I enjoy, I enjoyed what Rita did. Rita's really entertaining. So I kind of hope she, I'll be excited to see how far she goes in this match. Is she signed with WWE or no? Yeah, she's in. She's at the Performance Center. She's been there. This will be a year that she's been with WWE. Okay, cool. Well, I'll, you know, I have to pay attention to her a little bit more. But yeah, I actually, I really enjoyed her, and I thought she was she was really good. And like you're saying, her she has the whole package. Like her music actually matches what she looks like. Her gear actually works for her. Even the you know the package that she did before, you know, like the promo package she did before. I was, I was like, she's going to be a badass just based on that. I'm like, I know she's going to, it's all going to work for her. And it did. So, mm-hmm. so I was, so I was happy to see that. I, I do. Casey has a little bit of, she's got a, she's like a cheerleader. So they're going to have to, I don't know what her character is going to be. Like, is she always going to be just that happy go lucky care, like cheerleader that does gymnastic moves or is there more to her? So I don't know how long this will be able to last for her unless they figure out something more to add to her gimmick. She smells of heel to me. She'd be a crazy. Yes. I think Casey just needs some muscle. Like, I think that she, like, if they paired her with Rhea and Raina, I think that that would be, like, that would work. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, because she's the little, smaller character. She's kind of like the Dolph Ziggler in the situation between um, um, Braun and them. Like, she's a smaller, little package with the mouth. She could be the chihuahua. And she has the two big brutes who could beat up people for her. Yeah. <laughs> and then she can, when they're on the, mat, on the on the floor of the mat, she can hop up there and do a little spin or something and, you know, do right. her, have her moment and stuff. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, can she talk, though? Because I've never, yep. heard, her, I've never mm-hmm. heard her speak before. So I don't know if she, if she has that side of her. That's what Dolph, Dolph is, has gotten better at it. But, um... Mm-hmm. And he actually is a really good wrestler. As much as he drives me crazy sometimes, he's one of the best wrestlers in the in the WWE right now. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'll be interested to see where she goes because she definitely has to do something more than uh, be a cheerleader who likes right. to wrestle. Mm-hmm. There's got to be more to it. So I I also think that she can't be Alexa Bliss 2.0. Yeah, exactly. no. And they but- and I and I Alexa is a heel, and Alexa has you know I. You know, she could. I think because of the skills that she actually has, she she's gonna be a better wrestler than Alexa is. That's mm-hmm. not gonna take a whole much, a lot to do that because Alexa's not great, but um, <laughs> she is gonna be a better wrestler than Alexa. So I just think she needs some more time in the in NXT, and I think she needs to put on some a little bit more muscle and figure out how to, a way to sell her moves so they actually have some kind of umph behind them. Because right now. It looks like they're just doing choreography, which is what wrestling is. But at least it looks real, and her stuff doesn't look real yet. So, yeah, that was my biggest issue with the Around the World DDT because, like, Michael Cole and all of them um, praised Casey for it. I was like, if you're, you know that this is all real, right? Like, I know what you're trying to do, but as a fan who's watching it, yeah. Rhea is the one who's taking her around the world. She's not yeah. taking Rhea around the world. Yeah. No, and she like, likes a smile going around a tree. Look, yeah. <laughs> I did like the comparison between Rhea and Beth. I thought that was hmm. good because for the longest they've been doing the 
comparison between her and Charlotte. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't see that. They're tall, <laughs> but they the way that they did the the comparison between Rhea and Beth was the strength. The, yeah. the the power and I was like okay that makes sense and Beth was like yeah I do see some of her in me or some of me in her because of like her ability her power and how strong she is and I was like that makes a little bit more sense than she's blonde and tall so she looks like Charlotte like yeah. that works a lot better There's nothing. okay speaking of Beth how do you guys feel about her on commentary I like her at least with those two I like the three of them together. (laughs) I had a note about them on commentary I was going to say for the last match, but I'll talk a little bit about it now. And it was the fact that I am appreciating the fact that Cole is shutting up and letting Mm -hmm. Beth and Renee talk Mm -hmm. and be fully invested. And so Cole is there calling the action and then you have Renee essentially saying, all right, in this situation, what would you do, Beth? And then Beth giving you know, something, say, I would do this, or I don't know what to do, or, oh, you do that, what she just did. And Beth also seems to me very much like a mom-like person, saying, I'm invested in this. I love what I'm seeing. And I, it's kind of what I want to hear from someone on a team. Yeah, and Renee gets to be the fan. Renee gets to be us, just with a microphone. Yeah. And I enjoy that. So, like, the dynamics between the three of them, for me, really works. And Beth being the motherly, you know, I guess, like, the, I guess you could say, like, the matriarch of the women's revolution in a form, like, her kind of being that person and being so proud of them and watching them and just saying, like, well, this is what I would have done, but I kind of like what she did here. I'm not sure what she did. I, I like the three of them together. This is probably the only time I'm going to ever like Michael Cole. So, like, I'm going to give him his props. Yeah. <laughs> I also appreciate the fact that Beth is saying, look, these women are working hard, that I know some of the struggles that they have encountered, whether it's because I wrestled them in the past or I've seen them wrestle or just because they are women in wrestling and what they do around the world. So I I just appreciate the fact that she um, she gives them their uh, their accreditation in a way that no one else could give them. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. Next matchup, Lacey Lane versus Tanara Conti. Tanara Conti attacks with kicks to the arms and rolls into a mounted cover for a two count. Lacey Lane battles back, pulling the hair, and then she hits a clothesline. Lacey Lane follows with strikes into a flatliner for a near fall. Tanara Conti cuts her off with knee strikes, but Lacey Lane hits the crucifix bomb, and Lacey Lane continues her Cinderella run through the Mae Young Classic, into the quarterfinals. So I'm going to start with Miss V for this one. Lacey Lane and Tanara Conti. I don't. I'm not sure if you've seen Tanara Conti on NXT um, before, but Lacey Lane is definitely a rookie, a newcomer. She's only been wrestling for a few months. She's signed. She's a part of the uh, Performance Center. So your initial thoughts on seeing Lacey Lane get the victory over Tanara Conti? Um. I Lacey Lane is super dope. I like Lacey Lane a lot. Um, I I didn't know that she hasn't been wrestling very long, so that's that's really cool to see. But she has like a, a vibe about her that's really really dope, and I like her a lot. Um, I was surprised that this match was like the shortest one of the the show. I probably would have liked to see this one actually go longer than the Rita Ripley and the Casey match. At least that's what it seems like, just wa- like kind of like watching the match or watching the show um, really quickly. But I thought the two girls had really, really great chemistry together. Um, and I would have liked to see it go a little bit longer than what it did. Um, and yeah, overall, I just thought it was a really dope match. I don't really have too much to say about it, but I think both both girls are actually really, really cool and really, really good and entertaining to watch. So, But Lacey Lane, I'm excited to see where she goes. because I think if she gets some more time under her belt, she could be really something special. So I liked her. Miss Jupiter Julep, your analysis and thoughts on Miss Lacey Lane continuing her journey in the Mae Young Classic. Okay, so the first thing that I noticed uh, in in this match and also the pre-match interview is that they started uh, talking about that, yes, she's a hometown girl. Yes, she was trained by the Dudleys. 
but also that um, that she has the abilities in the, to succeed and stayed away from I'm a tragic mulatto. So I appreciated them moving away from that and really talking about her abilities that she has going forward. Uh, I was glad to see that they put um, Lacey Lane and Casey Cazaro back to back because I think in one of the previous episodes, I said that I thought that they would make an interesting tag team because they are both compact and have lots of energy and are both high flyers or, well, I'm not entirely certain what uh, Casey's like style, final style will develop into. But um, it was interesting for me to see them back to back to kind of compare them and, and also see how they would complement each other. And I still do think, do still think that they would do very uh, interestingly together. Uh, in terms of Tainara Conchi, I could not watch this match without hearing a Madame Lizette in my ear going, look at her face, look at her face, look at her face. Because <laughs> the face acting was extreme. And, like, and, I, and I thought, okay, she has been watching Foxy, and uh, if if this if this wrestling thing don't work out, she could go on to tell a novella because I was so distracted by her face, I just couldn't move past it because and all I heard was you, Madame Lizette, look, 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 look. So um, also, in terms, their entrances kind of bothered me. I want. Um, Lacey Lane to have a better interest than she has. And that, and then because I just kept getting that Ember Moon 2.0 vibe. And I want her to differentiate herself a little bit uh, because you have the color contacts, you have the braids, you then you have the the entrance, the entrance, the way that it is. And I want them to, I want WWE to invest in the uniqueness that each of them bring instead of doing a carbon copy. And uh, as far as Tinara Conchi, that local rapper they have that's, <laughs> that I like to succeed, it was just really distracting. So for someone else who is invested with the WWE, I want them to then do something better. Now, her ring gear I thought was fine. Like, Ode to Brazil and everything. Yeah, like, that was fine. But that music, no. Yeah. And the match itself, I was glad it was short. Um, Conchi, the last round, she also had a short match. So, you know, and I, and I wrote like, oh, she didn't play with her food. So she just ended it. So I was glad it was short. It kind of worked out because also, since this was the third match, I wanted to get to the fourth match. Like, yeah, yeah give me what I came for. So <laughs> all in all, it was fine. But, you know, nothing that I would watch again. Do you think that she would make a better tag partner with Ember Ember Moon? Uh, Lacey Lane? Yeah. Maybe in the future, but you know how I don't want to give them a, a WWE and some of the fans an excuse to treat us all in the same boat, in the same vein, like, you know, we all look alike. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, where they, you know how they do the Usos. They're like, Uso yeah. this. They can't say which one's Jimmy and which one's Jay. And I don't want that. So I, I could see it perhaps because, again, both compact, both high flyers. But uh, Ember Moon having more experience, I, I don't know. I, I want them to differentiate. Yeah. All right, Madam Lizette, we'll give you the hot tag and you'll get the final word on Lacey Lane and Tanara Conti. So I made a note that the match was really quick. I think it was like five minutes. I could be wrong about that. Um, I I wanted Tainara to win um, just because this is her second year in the May Young Classic and there has been improvement there. But I understand that WWE is on this mode, at least right now, to kind of push Lacey because she is the homegrown hometown talent. Um, and... I ignored the faces, Jupiter, this time. I actually just was like, we're not going to pay any attention to the faces. We're going to enjoy the match. I did a very good job, by the way, making sure. I like that Tenara is, like, so aggressive. And, like, when she's kicking her in the leg or kicking her in the arm and, like, throwing her around, I appreciate all of that. And you can tell the whole point was, okay, if I can't – if. Lacey can't physically beat you because you have the power because you are the black belt. She's going to overpower you with the speed. And I think that's why the match was so fast was to just 
I'm if I'm if I come at you with everything really quickly, you're not gonna be able to keep up. I'm gonna find my opening and I'm gonna take it. And that's kind of what happened. So I thought the match was good for what it was. I agree with you guys. I think that Lacey needs something different with her entrance. I think she just needs something different with her character in general. Because mm-hmm. um, it is very like, okay, so you must be an alternative black girl. We're going to make you look like yeah. Ember. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, she can be like, like we said earlier, there are different types of rock and different yeah. types of like, you can be gothic, you can be metal. You There's different ways. The same thing kind of goes with the alternative black girl. She can be out here in different ways so allow her to express herself in that way um and WWE hasn't really figured that out so I I want more from Lacey because as of right now she doesn't really have a character she just kind of has a cape so if we can give her something and give her a little bit more so she doesn't look go out there and people are like that's Ember Moon right and it's like no that's not Ember that's somebody else right I think she needs a new name too I don't think Lacey Lane like for what her gimmick is supposed to be, there's nothing like it doesn't for me doesn't match. Is is that her real name? I don't know. Name? And that kind of I feel the same way with you about that because whenever they say Lacey Lane, I think of Lacey Evans who was on NXT who was very nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do it, and that those are two different characters. Mm-hmm. And so she probably does need a name change. She needs a character change. She just needs to develop right now, because yeah. right. And then and then you come out in like the somewhat basketball gear to kind of pay ode to the fact that you used to be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. It is it all none of it ties in together. Um, it's like a mishmash of stuff, right? You're just kind of piled in together. And then I was wondering the same thing, like, okay, are we gonna keep the dreads? Are we gonna get rid of them? Yeah. Are we gonna do this? Because I, like those are individually done. I know that they're not real because you have all this different yeah. color and stuff going on. So, are we going to keep that and just keep rocking with it, or are you going to switch it up and do something else? And if that's the case, then your character is going to have to kind of evolve as you evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this it it'll get clearer for her when she figures out who she is. I know she's really young, and uh, Miss V, if you didn't see it before, her opening package and how she was introduced to us was. I, uh, yes, I was a basketball player and uh, I led my team to victory, but also I'm biracial and I was bullied. Oh, Lord. That's why we, that's why you break off to the tragedy mulatto. Yeah. So for this, Um, that was pretty much her character. So it was like, girl, what? And then moving on, they didn't mention it as much. It was like, all right, I'm here. I want to continue on in this competition, which was stronger. But to me, she doesn't really have a character. She has zero character, and you can't use. Oh, I've been. I was bullied because I was half black and half white. Like, I well, don't think that's, that's it. That's I don't. If, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> that. I'm glad I didn't know that. Like, because if I would have known that, that would have changed every way that I saw her. Because I just, to me, I'm like you. I'm like you. She. Okay. I don't even know how to like verbalize that. That. That to me is just like I'm glad I did not see that, and I'm glad they've kind of gone away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's not what they. You know, when they eventually kind of start to really get her a character, that they don't lean on that because they can't. Like, you can't come and you. You can't lean on that, especially when you have women who look like Naomi in the WWE, who has been like who's been one of the best wrestlers that they've got, who really hasn't gotten any, who's only gotten a chance maybe one time to do something in this company and stuff. And then you've got, I, to me, that just, I hope that's not what they, they do with her. I really hope well, not. I hope not either. And also I want to point out uh, a counterpoint of MJ Jenkins, Miss Afrolicious, who mm-hmm. came out to like a Beyonce song, like Fox and Cleopatra, and I'm a whole lot of woman and look at my fro. So, I mean, to kind of see that dichotomy, she, Lacey Lane just has to figure out who she is. And I think that'll probably come from just age, growth, maturity, and also some investment. Yeah. Dudley Boys, WWE. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't realize what she had on was a cape. It didn't work for Neville. It's not going to work for her. Capes are not like, yeah, it didn't, the cape didn't work for, for Neville. I mean, I guess you can kind of say that Ember Moon has a cape. I guess that's a cape, but um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hooded cape, I guess, or I don't know. But yeah, capes, I 
I, yeah, capes are not going to work. And she, she definitely has to come up with something more. I think what would help is WWE really has to get some people of color working behind the scenes. Because <laughs> there's these people, they don't know how to, what to do with women or men of color in this company when it comes to creating characters for them. So that's why I'm glad people like Naomi figured it out and did her own thing. Like, it took her years to get to where she is. I just don't think... I don't know if some of these girls have years to wait to find a character before it fits for them. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if they have that long to wait. So I hope that they can... I hope that they can figure something out for her sooner rather than later instead of having her kind of drift around as the tragic mulatto, as you say. I hope that's not what they do for her. (laughs) So we'll see. We will see. The Forever Young cast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. So now, ladies, it's time to talk about our main event of the evening. Miko Satamara faces off against Mercedes Martinez. Satamara counters the Fisherman Buster with a knee strike and a DDT. Satamara spikes Martinez with another DDT, followed by cartwheel knees, and that gets two counts. Satamora looks for a Death Valley driver, but it gets countered, and Martinez hits a running kick and the Fisherman's Buster for a great near fall. Martinez lays the boots to Satamora. She looks for a Romero special, but Satamora elbows out of it, and she hits a spin kick. Satamora follows up with the Scorpion kick, and Miko Satamora gets the win over Mercedes Martinez. So, Madam Lizette... I know that last week, this was the show, this was the match, excuse me, that you were looking forward to the most when we previewed uh, this uh, week's episode. So, did they live up to your expectations in this main event? They totally did. Um, I watched this match twice, and both times I was speechless. I was just like, this is everything I wanted this to be and more. (laughs) Um, I think that both of those ladies did a very good job. Like, we got two veterans in the ring two ring generals two people that Beth are just like yo that we have so like she has mutual respect for both of them and they put on a show the crowd was on their feet basically the whole match and it was really nice to see Mako get angry like and show that emotion because she's been she's very calm and cool when she's out there wrestling, even though, you know, she's aggressive, but it was really good for Mako like to work up and be like, no, I have to beat you and I'm going to beat you. And then uh, Mercedes just not giving up, not giving in third time to charm with the um, fisherman buster and finally getting it. And then, you know, Mako kicking out and then Mako hitting her with the spin kick and the scorpion kick back to back after she'd already DDT'd her twice. Like, that just let me know that they both kind of figured out what worked on most other girls is not going to work on you. And we have, like, I have to give you more and you're going to have to give me more. And they pulled a lot out of each other. And so I really, really enjoyed the match. It, like I said last week, a lot of Mercedes matches are slow and you're just kind of like watching them kind of go through it. This match felt like it was the right pace and the right tempo, the right spacing and, they weren't walking each other to their fit, you know, their moves. They were, they were going at it. I enjoyed it. The strikes, the kicks, the everything. Thank you, ladies. I it was it was wonderful for me. All right, Miss V, we'll let you share your thoughts on Mercedes Martinez and Miko Satomura. Um, did you get a chance to see Mercedes' performance last year and last year's um tournament? I didn't. So this is actually the first time that I've seen both of these girls wrestle. Um, but so yeah so I guess I came in on a good match to see them wrestle so they uh they this was an amazing match like I honestly think that they need to have them wrestle again at evolution because they they have (laughs) there's no one else on the card right now that that is gonna put something on like this so um well maybe um I would say yeah maybe I don't know but I think these two girls put on, um, like, it was an amazing match. Uh, it was the one match, I think, the entire night where the entire crowd was into it. I was I actually watched it on mute at first, um, the first time around. And there was, a, there was a, you know, a close pinfall where Mercedes actually had Mako, or so we thought. And I watched watching it on mute, like, the reaction of the crowd, you would think that the match was actually over because they were all standing up and they were cheering and they were so into it. 
Um, <laughs> and so once I realized that she didn't win, I was like, oh, okay. And that's the only match that was that was like that, you know, on this episode. And they both can go. Like, they both are extremely, extremely good wrestlers. I don't, like, they're, and it's, it's, it's rare. It's like when you find women or even wrestlers in general that can just go, they don't need to have a gimmick. Like they, you, they just, you know, you're excited to see them and you know, they're going to put on a good show and they don't need to have the extras. And I think those are, those two women are kind of like that. Like they can just go out there and, you know, Mako can be, you know, she's, she's got her thing, but like, I would just enjoy watching her wrestle. I don't, I don't need to have any extras or anything with her. So, um, so I, I really enjoyed it. I did watch it. I watched it twice too. And it was one of the, it was like the best match of the night. And it it might be one of the best matches of the entire tournament. So mm-hmm. it was really good. Miss Jupiter Jula, we'll tag you in your analysis on this match. I know that you're a big fan of Miko, but you're also a really big fan of Mercedes. So I know this one mm-hmm. was a tough one when it came to your rooting interest. But uh, your thoughts and your notes that you had on this particular match. Oh, uh, yeah, it was tough. However, I I said it in, I think, maybe episode one or two that I thought that the finals was going to come down to Mako and Io. So I knew that at some point I was going to lose Mercedes, but I wanted a good match, and that's what they gave me. I think that we started off with the commentators giving us a great framework with Cole saying that this was an honor for him to call uh, Mako Satomura's match. And then you had Beth say, you're going to have to excuse me because nobody deserves this like Mercedes Martinez deserves it. And that was like the opening segment. And then they come out. I happen to love the reggaeton Mercedes Martinez theme, so I always dance along with it. And every time I see Mako Satomura, the only word that comes to mind is grace. Like, even her interviews are graceful. I will say that this is the definition of strong style because they went for it. This, there was a really great sequence with um, Mako having an arm bar on Mercedes Martinez that mm-hmm. around the ring that was finally ended with Martinez being the ring uh, veteran as she is, getting her foot in the rope and taking advantage of her longer limbs. Uh, I love the scorpion kick. Uh, like when you said, Miss V, that when you had it on mute and you thought the uh, the crowd's reaction where you thought the match was over, there's a cute sign that said that was three. The, I hadn't seen all tournament, but somebody put it up at that point. I was like, oh, good point. Um, I really wish that this match was for the quarterfinals. I do think it came a little earlier in the overall tournament more than I wanted it to. So, But um, I will end Oh, another thing, uh, also to your point, Madame Lizette, about Mako getting mad, I can see why they call her the final boss. Like, yeah, you are the one. She is the one you need to face mm-hmm. and beat. You want any clout. Like, you're not going to be champion. You're not going to get any kudos whatsoever until you meet and beat her. So mm-hmm. she's got to make it to the final. And anybody beats her, I'm like, I right, maybe I'll give you a little bit of a chance. <laughs> but, like, it has to happen. And uh, I'm going to end with Mercedes' own words in a tweet, at, and you can find her at Real M. Martinez, and she said, many win, many lose, but very few truly get to experience world-class competition, and at Sadamora Mako is exactly that. She's perfect. And, like, Michael, Michael Cole, I don't know if you noticed, the right when they hit three and the match is over. Michael Cole puts out a hell yeah. He says it so and like that let me know that he even was I don't think I've ever heard him be that excited about a match. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like Beth and Renee, it was just the whole mood of it. And from beginning to end and everyone's reaction from the crowd to both of them at the end and they're just like sitting in the ring and just loving on each other and Mm -hmm. praising each other. And, you know, and then Cole and Beth and Renee and then the way that they feel about it and the way I felt about it. I was just like, this is perfect. We can yeah. actually yeah. make a classic over. We don't need a champion. It's over. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to wrestle no more. <laughs> that might have should have been the final match. Like, because I don't know, like, who's going to top that at this point. Like, I don't I don't know if you can. 
because they just it was just a perfect match like they they were well suited for one another mm-hmm. and just everybody was into it from the beginning into the end and just the mutual admiration that they had for one another at the end like they knew they t- they tore it down like they yeah. knew they did a great job right. and they knew that you know you know they just did that in front of a lot of people more than they probably have in a long time and i i think that it was really exciting to see that and so now it's like who's gonna live up to that and i just looked at the wwe evolution uh card and yeah they need to be on the card like they need to figure out a way to get those two ladies to wrestle each other and get on the card because right now there i don't know if anybody's gonna put a show on like that okay to figure something out all right so i i have to like i think that mako satamora is gonna be on the card because i do believe that the we're gonna find out who wins the Young classic at evolution so i think that she's gonna be on the card i i i i want to introduce you to Io Shirai. I'm going to oh, be yes, she's Io. a genius of the sky that she is. I think that she's the one that could put it on. Now, it's going to be interesting to me to see what they do because when you have people like Mako Satomura, and I think that she could probably pull out a great match from anybody, even Alexa Bliss, that it, it, it was, it's going to show up. It's going to really force the other women to step it up and get it together mm-hmm. because it's like why are they not in the wwe you know doing this so uh, you know uh, it, it's it i think it shows people the leagues and the levels that they are um and it's going to force them all to get it together i did notice on this episode that this was the first time that they didn't have any established WWE stars in the ring like oh there's Tyler Breeze I noticed that too I noticed that too yeah. and I wonder why that I mean in a way I think that's good because it's saying that you know these women are stars you know who they are and you don't yeah. need to be affected by anyone else but in the same token a lot of those people and Beth said it they need to be in a back taking notes I yeah. did want uh, the, the, the everybody in the back to kind of come out and clap I mean, you know, Triple H didn't have to present them with flowers, but just some effect <laughs> that says, "Yeah, y'all did that," and it didn't happen. But uh, I, I do agree. You got to have something like this on on Evolution, and I do think Mako Satomura will be half of that equation. I hope so, because if not, then Io is going to be out there fighting somebody. Uh-huh. It, it better not be Tony Storm, Dawn. <laughs> better be Tony Storm. <laughs> It can be Tony Storm or it can be Mia Yim. I've got two two bullets in the chamber still for the final. So Ish. Speaking At this of- point, yeah, the only person I really, really want to see make it to the finals is Rhea and Eo. Out of those two, if they don't make it, I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know. Well, mm. we'll talk about next week's matchup, second round matchups. The aforementioned Eo Shirai is paying, is facing off against Zeusies. We have Deanna Perazzo going up against Zia Lee. We have Tegan Knox facing off against Nicole Matthews. And Mia Yim goes up against Caitlin. So, Miss Jupiter Julep, I'll let you start off with I know EO is definitely going to be a highlight for you next week. But besides EO, who else are you looking forward to? Yeah, you know, y'all can call me Captain EO at this point. Um, that's a hat tip to Michael Jackson. Um, you know what? I think Nicole Matthews. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what she can do in round two because she was interesting. She was powerful, but uh, she was boring. Uh, and then, I mean, it's an interesting part. Interesting and boring. That's a, that doesn't really match. But you know, her match was okay. But thinking about her in the long term, she would probably be the person that I would fast forward in the future. Or if I was short on time, I, I would not choose her match. But uh, Mia Yim, I, I'm also interested in seeing what she would do uh, against her competition. So, yeah, I think those two. Yeah. All right. Miss Madam Lizette, your um, preview for next week. Who are you looking forward to? What match do you think will steal the show on next week's episode? So, of course, I'm looking forward to EO. As you were going through all the people that are supposed to wrestle, I'm like, I'm not really looking forward to the rest of you guys. I guess because all the people that I enjoyed, like, I am rooting for for this show was on this episode, episode five. And so everyone else, I'm like, oh, I guess 
besides EO, who else am I looking forward to? Um, I want to see Mia and Caitlyn, just because I want to see Caitlyn in the ring again. It's just, we, it's been a really long time since she's wrestled in a WWE ring, so this will be the second time um, in, you know, four or five years now. So I want to see what happens there and what story they're going to tell since they they both kind of have similar, like, you know, we've gone through a lot in our personal lives and dealt with possible, you know, domestic violence issues. So what kind of story are they going to tell there? Um, Deanna Peraza, just because she's Marty's girl, so I'm going to always want to just want to see her. And... Zia Lee, because I like her. I just, and we didn't, I don't think we got to see a lot of her in her first match against Karen Q. So I'm hopefully, hopefully this match will be a little bit more wrestling and we'll get to see her improvement from last year to this year. All right. I'm interested in seeing Tegan Knox again. I thought that she had a really strong performance in her first round match. So I'm looking to see if she can follow up um, against Nicole Matthews. And I'm really interested in the Deanna Perrazzo Zia Lee match. Um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top to me in that match. I know that Deanna Perrazzo is a up and comer, um, you know, in the performance center and in NXT. So it'll be very interesting to see which one of those ladies uh, comes out on top between Deanna Perrazzo and Zia Lee. So at this point, we're going to turn it over to wait, our- wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Miss V, right? Yeah, I'm like okay. Oh well, no, I, I, I didn't tag, know. Miss tag. I, did, I didn't know if, if if since he didn't since he doesn't have any familiarity if she was really going to be into the next round. Uh, well, I watched this week, so I gotta watch next week. Okay, Dawn. All right. Um, so I don't know if you guys know this, but back in the day, I lived in Japan for three years. No. So yeah, no. so yeah, so going into next week. I'm rooting for everybody Japanese. So okay. I am like that too. <laughs> I'm excited about Miko and Io. Like I'm really excited about those matches. And I've actually um I actually have seen Diana wrestle a couple times too. So I think that match could actually be pretty cool and, and done really well. Um and then I'm also hoping that Mia Yim beats Tony Storm. So uh, I want to see that match because I want Tony Storm to not be in the finals. Why are you trying? <laughs> why are you trying to cause me heartache and all of this? Just that was that will be the match that, that we will get, and it will just tear me up for my rooting interest. <laughs> Pick better people, and then you don't have to worry about that stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think Mia Yim's awesome. I think Tony Storm's better than y'all gave her credit for on this episode but maybe she'll pick it up on the next week's episode and you guys will have glowing things to say about her performance next week or in uh, two weeks so only time will tell so at this point we're going to turn it over to miss v for her shout outs and thank yous oh wow um well shout out to you guys i've been kind of a flake over the last couple of weeks and not being able to come on the show and or watch the, the classic so Thank you for letting me come on, um, and I will make sure to watch next week so at some point I can come back and say hello to all you lovely people. So thank you, guys. Thank you for being able to join us at this point. Miss Madam Lizette, your shout-outs and thank yous. Shout-out to you guys, as always, for having me on. Shout-out to my best friend because he always gets shout-outs. And uh, shout-out to... Miko and Mercedes for giving us probably the best match of the entire card. All right, Miss Jupiter Julep, your shout outs and thank yous. Oh, always the 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 two of you and Miss V. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Anwar Starwin, who is our fact checker supreme and like unofficial member or fourth fifth member of our little crew here for this project. And uh, let me see. He doesn't deserve it, but I'm going to give a shout out to a kid number five, who is a junior in high school, but he um, is graduating for to full time um, undergraduate work. So his school is one of those schools where you can get your high school diploma and your associate's degree at the same time. So he has moved on or matriculated to the point where he would just be doing. Uh, year one, year two, associates work. So I'm proud of him. And shout out to him. Go him. Go. Yeah. 
I'd like to give a shout out to Miss V for joining us today. Give a shout out to Jupiter Julep and Madam Lizette. Give a shout out to everybody who watches the May Young Classic and live tweets with the hashtag Forever Young Cast. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who's listened to the podcast and interacted with myself, uh, Madam Lizette, or Jupiter Julep. Continue to do so. Um, it's been a really fun tournament so far, and I'm glad that we can dedicate some real time to this tournament this year, and not have to try to you know fit it into the WrestleCast proper that we can dedicate a whole hour to it. So we'll be back next week with episode number six of the Forever Young Cast. So for our special guests, What Sleep Doe, Miss Jupiter Julep, and Madame Lizette, I'm Don DeLorente, and we'll talk to you next week. Oh, <laughs>